Welcome to the Carrots to Succeed podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Harris. The Carrots to Succeed podcast is about delivering information that support the development of small businesses. We offer suggestions of business improvement for your consideration based on our decades of business ownership experience. The Carrots to Succeed podcast is available on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Sponsored by Shore LLC, a full-service small business consulting firm that specializes in deploying first-hand knowledge gained from decades of experience using the resources of time-tested and proven associates to advise and guide you towards a path of successful growth. In other words, we have been there and done that. Today's topic, you are the CEO. Now I usually listen to the radio in the background while at my desk working or often while driving to appointments. And of course, that's when I'm not listening to my favorite podcast. The other day, I heard this commercial that said something like, there are only five black CEOs. And I thought there must be more to this than this commercial, perhaps that I'm missing. I was listening for further explanation to this statement, such as a qualifier like, in the Fortune 500 or of major corporations or anything that would connect this statement for me. This blanket statement seemed odd as presented as if everyone must already know this fact. Now, to be honest, I did assume that they must have been referring to Fortune 500 companies, which historically have been limited in the representation of Blacks to the rank of CEO. I don't usually do motivational speaking during the Carriage to Succeed podcast, but thought that this unqualified statement warranted a response. So let's start by defining the term CEO, which is a title that means Chief Executive Officer. Now by definition, the Chief Executive Officer or CEO is the top position in an organization and is responsible for implementing existing plans and policies, ensuring the successful management of the business and and setting future strategy. The CEO is ultimately responsible for the success or failure of the organization. Keep that in mind. The CEO is ultimately responsible for the success or failure of the organization. Now, if I take this definition, it seems to me that I can apply it to anyone that fits the job description, which is basically ultimately responsible for the success or failure of the company. So that would be you, right? 
Don't fall for being defined as less than that unless by your own choice of company structure or title. You don't have to be the CEO of a major brand or Fortune 500 or Fortune 1000 or the like to be accepted as a CEO. Especially when you consider that the leader of these large corporations started out from a similar position as you. The following examples of businesses which have grown so large to be included in the Fortune 500 or the world's largest 500 companies, but which have started from the humblest beginnings. They are rags to riches stories of unique brands started by unique individuals that not only have accumulated wealth and vast market share, but have created their own niche and never looked back. For example, in 1978, 25-year-old college dropout John McKay and 21-year-old Renee Lawson Hardy saved and borrowed money from family and friends to open the doors of a small natural food store in Austin, Texas. Within a year of opening the store, the store the couple was evicted from their home for using their apartment storage for the store. Homeless and with no place to go, they, they decided to save costs by moving and living at their store full time. Since their store, Safeway, that's not Safeway, that's Safeway, was zoned for commercial use only, there was no shower stall. According to the company's website, the two instead bathed in the Hobart dishwasher, which had an attached water hose. Eventually, McKay and Hardy moved out of the store and into their own place, and within two years, managed to merge it with another natural food store to open the first Whole Foods Market in Austin, Texas, on September the 20th, 1980. With the market's floor space at 10,500 square feet and with 19 employees, Whole Food Market became the, the largest of its kind. In 1984, Whole Foods began expanding to other cities by building stores from the ground up and by acquiring other natural food stores around the country. In 1992, the company went public and in 2008 posted $6.5 billion in revenues and $3.2 billion in assets. From the humble beginnings in Austin, Texas in 1978 to being ranked 369 on a Fortune 500, Whole Foods Market is continually rising to the challenge of, market, of the market and providing a unique service to America. Now, most remember the scene in the movie Forrest Gump, when he explains that he never has to worry about money again because of his investment in the fruit company called Apple. Well, the truth is that for many investors, this was the case. Like many tech companies, Apple started in the garage of a young man by the name of Steve Wozniak. Wozniak was an electronics hacker and he and his longtime friend, Steve Jobs, 
had this idea to create a personal computer. In 1976, the two approached a local electronics store to see if they would be interested in buying a personal computer that Wozniak had built. The owner of the store became interested and said he wanted 50 units. Wozniak and Jobs, both penniless at the time, went to a local computer parts supplier and ordered the parts on credit based on their first purchase order. This was the start of Apple. Though the company has had its ups and downs in its 30-year history, Apple has proven to be the company that produces the industry standard time and time again. From the garage of Steve Wozniak to being ranked 103 on the Fortune 500, Apple continues to grow and prove to be a wise investment for those looking to expand their portfolios to include fruit companies. Dell was at one time the largest seller of personal computers and servers in the world. Presently, Dell is ranked 34 on the Fortune 500 and in 2008 boasted revenues of $61 billion with assets topping $27.5 billion. The path to success that Dell now enjoys began with an idea and $1,000 investment. While attending the University of Texas in 1984, Michael Dell founded the company as PCs Limited. Initial operations of Dell's company ran from Dell's dorm room until he decided to drop out of college to run his company full time. In 1985, the company produced the first computer of its own design, and by 1988, had an initial public offering that valued the company at nearly $80 million. The point here is that they all started from a position that at the beginning was not considered worthy of being called a CEO, but they all were. Where you are today, does not have to define where your dreams and effort can take you. In 1971, three academics each invested $1,350 of their own money into the first Starbucks located in downtown Seattle. English teacher, Jerry Baldwin, history teacher, Zeb Siegel, and writer, Gordon Boker, opened the store called Starbucks Coffee, Tea, and Spice. Shortly after opening and to continue their operations, the three borrowed another $5,000 from the local bank. The three partners wanted to patent their business after Pete's Coffee and Tea in Berkeley, California, which sold dark roast coffee beans and taught customers how to grind the beans and make freshly brewed coffee at home. It wasn't until early the early 1980s when Howard Schultz entered the picture that Starbucks began focusing on not on selling coffee beans but on making coffee, tea, and espresso drinks for customers inside the store. Though their 
was much hesitation from the founding partners, this proved to be the business model Starbucks would follow. Now, Starbucks went public in 1992 and proved to be one of the most successful IPOs that year. With the infusion of public capital, Starbucks began to strategically expand all over the U.S. At one point, at the rate of opening one new store per day, Though Starbucks have experienced a decline in popularity in the last several years, the brand's exponential growth is impressive. In 2008, Starbucks was ranked 277 on the Fortune 500. In the same year, Starbucks posted revenues of $9.4 billion and recorded assets of $5.3 billion. Some folks may choose to define success and attach the CEO title only when your company is publicly traded or dominant in the market. I want to remind you that by definition, if you are the person that is ultimately responsible for the success of your business, you are the chief executive officer. You are welcome to choose that type that works for you and the company structure, but by any other title, you are the CEO. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Courage to Succeed podcast. You are the CEO. For more information on this subject, please send me a note through the website at www.scottupshaw.net. The Courage to Succeed podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes can also be found on web on the web at www.scottupshaw.net. I'm your host, Dennis Harris.